0: to listening to this message I pray that God will got to come with less people and even of us in Jesus' name. Last Sunday, we started with a copy that says the law Talk about love and that love is the opposite of hate. And that in the scripture, God specifically told us what we should love and what we should not love. And we remember that I mentioned that the scripture specifically told us that. The way the world will identify us as Christians or as disciples of Christ is when we love ourselves. But there is a love that God hates, And that is what we call the love of the world. And last week, we started by telling us that there are four reasons why Christians should not love the world. So we mentioned last week, one of them. One of it was that Christians should not love the world because of what the the world is. And number two, that Christians should not love the world because of what the world does to us. And uh, he tried to tell us that the world is filled with lust. We have the lust of the flesh, we have the lust of the eyes, and we have the pride life and that anybody who loved the world will perish with the world. Now talk to, to us some signals, some signposts to show that the Christian has started to love the world. Praise the Lord. Today we want to continue uh, in that message and so we are starting in number three of the reason why christians should not love the world i want us to open our bible to the book of first john chapter 2 i'd like somebody to read from verse 12 to 14. first john chapter 2 from verse 12 to 14 can we get a very uh good reader who will read it Loud and clear. I write, to you. You? You yes. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to the word is because of what a Christian is, what a Christian is. In that scripture where we just read, we saw three different categories of, or three levels of the children of God. The first one there said little children, little children. Now, the little one, little children there refers to all believers. It refers to all believers, every one of us. It literally means born ones, those who are born into the family of God. Just like when we say all the children of God, all the children of God. So that's what it means. All Christians have been born into God's family through faith in Jesus Christ and so their sin have been forgiven and that's what the scripture says i write to you little children for your sin is what is forgiven the moment we give our life to jesus the moment we believe in the death and the resurrection of the lord jesus our sins are forgiven and so we are saved and so we become the children of god so he's writing this letter to all the children of God. So this letter is to every child of God. I write to you little children, the children of God. The very fact that one is in God's family, sharing God's nature ought to discourage us from becoming friendly with the world. Because we share the nature of God, God hates sin. God loved the people, God loved men, for God hates sin. And so the moment we give our life to Jesus, we become one with God. I told us in one of the messages, we become one with the Lord. And so we carry the nature of God, the divine nature of God resides in us. And because we carry the nature of God, in the nature of God, God cannot live with sin. So it should be natural for a child of God to hate sin because the world, the scripture says, the world lies in wickedness. There is no way a child of God can become the friend of the world. You cannot share the nature of God and love the world. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 4, it is clearly written there that to be friendly with the world is treachery. Because he said, a friend with the world is what is enmity with God. When you become the friend of the world, you become the enemy of God. And so there is no way a child of God can be an enemy of God. So the two does not go together. So when that scripture says, love not the world, all the things that are in the world, if you are a genuine child of God, you cannot have love for the world. And I remember I told us the three different meaning of the world last week. And the world we are told to hate, I told us that last week in the message as well. But something else is true, we begin as little children, we are born into the family of God but only as Christians or only as we start to grow that we must not remain as children, we must have to grow and it is only when we begin to grow spiritually that we will be able to overcome the world. until we grow. Now, it just does take it naturally. A, a little child that refused to grow, there are a lot of things that will be happening to that child. There are a lot of things that he, he won't be able to do so many things. And if the child of his own age is growing, for example, if they give back to children a year ago, and one of them refused to grow from a baby and the other one is growing, you discover that number one, the exposure, the experience of the one that is growing will be different from the one that refused to grow. As a matter of fact, the food that we eat will be different. The uh, the rate at which the world will relate with the one that is growing will be different from the one that is not growing. And what the one that is growing it will be able to do or to achieve, the one that is not growing will not be able to do nor achieve it. So it's a detriment to the one that is not growing. So God is expecting us as children of, of, of children to grow. So when we begin to grow, we overcome the world. So it is important for us to grow. Now, let's keep that aside. We will be coming back to that later. The second letter was addressed to the fathers. The second letter, I said, I write to you fathers. Who are the fathers? Obviously, the fathers that he's talking about here are the matured ones. They already grown up. Those who are able to break the bones, those who by exercise they have already used the word of God, they have experienced the word of God, they have come to a point where they know God and God knows them. It's like a song I know God, I know God, I know God, and God knows me it is not everybody that know God that God actually know because the scripture clearly told us that on the day of judgment he will say i do not know you you walk out of the but the fathers here they know God how do they know God by intimate personal knowledge intimate personal knowledge ipk Intimate, personal knowledge. So there is intimacy. There is a personal knowledge. I have said this once before in the church. That it is not possible for a person to know God in the church. So if you are a good church goer. The world in which the only time you open your Bible is on Sunday or on Tuesday when you go to church. And immediately you leave the church, you don't read your Bible, you don't study your Bible anymore, and you think you are a Christian. You are deceiving yourself, you are not going and you cannot know God. You cannot overcome the world. It takes personal effort to know God. In the church, what the church can only help to do is to introduce you to the way in which you can get closer to God. Just the way I am doing right now. But when you get back home, you have to take pain to open the scripture by yourself and begin to read and to study it. You have to cultivate the habit. Of talking to God in your closet personally, these are the way to do them. And everything that is being revealed to you, either in the church or in your personal study of the Word of God, you must begin to take steps to put them into practice. This is the way you grow. This is the way you get into intimacy with God. And so these ones called fathers they have come to that point they know god they know the danger of the world No christian who had experienced the joy and wonders of fellowship with god and of service for god we want to live on the substitute pleasure the world offer because like i told us in the point two of why Christians cannot love the world. You see, the world, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life, all those things are the things that attract us, those are the things that invite us to the world. You know, somebody said, Ah, I must be rich in this world. Ah, I must I must buy this car. I must, I must do this, I must build this house, I must do, there is no must in doing anything in the world. Anything that you will achieve in the world, it is only by the grace of God. It is only what God permits that you can achieve. If God does not permit it, you can achieve it. And if you want to do it by force, you rather go to the devil and enter into covenant with him. Just recently we had in the radio where a man who wanted to become rich by force, probably wherever he went, and, and, and he, he did money for charm for money, and and they asked him to to eat feces up and down. What 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 a ridicule, what a disgrace. I, I was thinking over it and 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 I, I saw how the devil was humiliating. A man who is created in the image of God. A man who has everything that he wanted. God has given him everything. But because of his ignorance of the knowledge of God, he went begging the devil for peanuts. And the devil is humiliating, asking him to go and eat feces. And he went around looking for feces to eat because he wanted to be rich. Why? Because he does not know what belongs to. See, the world, there are a lot of things in the world that will be beckoning on us, that will be calling us, come, 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 come. But we must not allow this thing to, to draw us away. Number three, he also wrote to a set of people he called the young men. He called them the young men. The young men are the conquerors. They have overcome the wicked one, who is Satan who is the prince of this world system. How did they overcome him? Through the word of God. If you read that scripture, it said, ye are overcome. How did they overcome? Because through the word of God. Listen to me. The word of God is the only weapon with which we can overcome the devil. I will say it again. The word of God is the only weapon We have seen that several, several times in the scripture. When the devil came to Jesus Christ to tempt him, just like he tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was through the word of God that Christ overcame. And in the book of Revelation, we were told that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, the word of their testimony. So we see this young man, that they make sure that they bury themselves into the Word of God. The scripture told us in the book of Colossians that, I believe it's the book of Colossians, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. It is for your own good. It is for your own good. You should open up your heart to the Word of God. You should make your heart a place where you treasure you keep the word of god because the word of god is like the word of god word of god is powerful is a living word that's the reason why this word of god is different from every other book that is ever written is a living word a living word and that is why it is always new every day because it updates itself not every day the Word of God does not operate itself, uh, update itself every day. It upre- updates itself per second by second. If you read this Word of God, you read the scripture now. If you read it another minute, it tells you something else. Read it another minute, you catch another revelation. Read it another minute, it gives you another meaning. And no wonder the scripture told us that the elders, the 24 elders in heaven, when they sat before the throne of God, see he said they will put down their crown and they will bow down to god and they will worship god and when they lift up their head again they put on the crown and he said they will put it down again another minute they will bow down their head and i begin to wonder this must be boring this must be tiresome until i caught a revelation that it is in fact an exciting thing for these 24 elders to do and i said why The reason is simple, because the glory of God is changing from one circle to another circle. So when these elders, they behold the glory of God and it amazes them. And they put down their, their crown and they say they worship God because of the glory that was revealed to them. Immediately lift up their heads to put on their crown. What do they see? They see another glory. And because they see another glory, they put that crown down again, they worship God. They lift up their head again, they are the one to put it on, they see another glory and they have been doing that from eternity past and they continue to do that from eternity. And every second the glory of God never the Praise God. And that is what the Word of God is. When you look into the Word of God, the Word of God is never stale. The Word of God is never stale. The Word of God is never boring. It's not a sleeping tablet. When you feel like you are sleeping, you, 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 you want to sleep, you pick the Word of God. and before, If you do that, it's because you don't have fire, it. Exactly. The word of God is ever new on a daily basis. You cannot read the word of God. As a matter of fact, if you pick the word of God, you are seated. If you really, really, God is revealing things to you, you cannot sit down for long. You will stand up. And if you are standing, you will jump. Because the word of God will be bubbling inside of you. It will be rubbing everything inside of you. That's the word of God. He said you overcome him." by the word, why because the word of God is inside of you the young men are not fully mature but they are maturing for they use the word of God effectively they use the word of God effectively somebody read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 to me Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 what did it say Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 with good will, doing service Mm. and not to men, praise God, 17, I mean to say 17, and take the helmet of salvation and and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the word of God is a sword, is a sword, is a sword, is a sword, two-edged sword, you see? You see, the, the, the helmet, salvation is our helmet. But the sword is the word of God. And what did you use the sword to do? You can use the sword to cut him. You know, when Apostle Paul was actually describing this, he was, he was looking, picturing the, the, the Roman soldier, how they dressed. Because he's telling us to put on the armor. But when you put all the whole armor, and you don't have a sword in your hand, and you are going to battlefield, it is true you can use shield to to protect yourself. And what is our shield? Faith. You can use it to protect yourself from all the darts that is flying. But when you continue to defend and defend and defend, and you are not uh, uh, being offensive, if you come to a point, you become Type. But when you defend, you attack. And what do you use to attack? It's the word of God. It is the word of God and you begin to drive the enemy back. You begin to drive them back and you are as you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. As you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. As you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. It's the word of God. Now there is another little children in verse 13. Please read for us. First John 2:13. First John 2, 13. Yes. I write unto you. I write unto you father, fathers. So are not to you, not to yes. I write unto you young ones. Yes. So not to be. Go ahead. I write unto you, I write unto you little children. Because ye have known the Father. Now, listen to me. The little children that have known the Father, they are different from the little children in verse 12. How did I know? The Greek. The Greek translation did not give us the same word for the little children up there and the little children here. So, the little children up there, like I told us the other time, they are the children of God, generally. He refers to every child of God as little children, but here is a specific, he's talking about the nephews, the little children, the little babies, the little babies. You see, that's what he's talking about, the immature one, the one that are still under authority of their teachers, they are still under tutors. You find that in the book of Galatians chapter four, verse one to two. Now. These are young Christians who have not yet grown up in Christ. You know, just like physical children. They know their father, but they still have some growing to do. They still have some growing to do. They are not grown. Praise the Lord. These are the babies. And said, these are the ones he's writing to. I write to you because I know you know the father. But you need to grow you need to develop please read first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 first Corinthians 3 11 first mm-hmm. Corinthians 13 11. When I was a child, I spoke as, as a child. I understood as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, mm, I, a I put away. You see, sometimes these little children, you hear somebody who say, "I pray to God, and I say, oh God, I want to go out to. If you really, really love me, let this rain not fall. And rain will not fall, and we we'll go out." The Lord answered because he's a little child. And God knows that it's, it's behaving like a little child. But we come to a point, you will say things like that, and God will not listen to you. Yeah. In fact, we have power here. Praise God. Now, when you are a child, you behave and you do things like little children. But it comes to a point, you have outgrown that stage. And there are a lot of things that little children will actually, the way they will behave. Little children always ask, gimme, 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 gimme. But they come to a point when you have grown the point of giving. me gimme, Lord, gimme this. Lord, gimme this. Lord, gimme. A lot of us, even as adults, so to say, we are adult physically, but we are not adult in faith. We still do this gimme, 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 gimme things. For when we grow up, it is no longer about giving. It is about giving me. It is about service. Just just take for example, you as children, there was a time that everything will be done for you, but it has come to a point, you told you have gone to a point now that you are serving back. That's maturity. And that's what God expects every one of us to do. You see, you are not waiting that ah eh, daddy should do this, mommy should do this. You are doing you yourself, you are contributing, you are making efforts. That's maturity. Now, in summary, I said a Christian stays away from the world. One, because of what the world is, I said it's a satanic system that hates and opposes Christ. That's number one. Number two. Because of what the world does to us, they attract us to live on sinful substitutes. Number three, I said, because of what we are as Christians, we are children of God. So the last one, which is number four, said, we must stay away from the or hate the world because of where the world is going. Because of where the world is going, verse 17, 1 John 2, verse 17. Because of where the world is going. Where is the world going? And the world passeth away. And the loss thereof will abide forever. Praise the Lord. Listen, children. Listen, family. Listen, church. This world. Is not a permanent place. I was showing to mommy the other time. Oh, sorry, I will Maybe I will this one. I show on Facebook the house that Aneni built. Tony Aneni. Maybe some of us may know Tony Aneni. He used to be the chairman of APC uh, during the time of. Uh, Wary, first and so He was not handed over to, to Male. He's dead now. If you see that, that gigantic building and they wrote it there, that what is the essence of this building and this buying and this accumulating that. And Tony and then built his house. But six months after he moved into that house, he died. Just six months, one, two, three, four, five, six. After he finished building that house, he moved into the And he left it. Now they wanted to sell it. Not that they don't even the it, they want to sell it. So, what is it about this life? Life is a temporal place, it's not a permanent place. Why killing yourself? Why did you want to become the enemy of God? Why are you pursuing things that you can never? everything in this world is just an air grasp of air we want to amass it. we want to have everything well what is his name now the uh I, I can't get his name he's the richest man in the world he said he has about something trillion naira Bill gate is the second there are centrillions then I, I said, Bezos, I begin to look at him. And so, lend him my After that, what He cannot own the world. He's a trillionaire. So what? If there's no God in all these things, it's vanity. They will not be the first to be the richest in the world. They are not the second, and they are not going to be the last. People in the past have been the richest in the world. They have come and they have gone. They died. Some of us don't even know them. We don't even know their name. We don't even know if they existed. And so all these people too, they will die. Some generation will come, they will not even hear their name. They will not even hear Bill Gates. They will not even hear Bezos. They won't hear them. They are gone. The world is passing away. But there is something that can never pass. And that is what has to do with the will of God. And that's where I am concluding the message of today. That he who does the will of God will abide forever. Will abide forever. So it is important for every one of us to know what the will of God is. As a matter of God, God desire that every one of us we should know his will. We are to keep ourselves loosely attached to this world. Hebrews 11, 13. Listen, I want you to quote what I just said. I am not saying that you should not attach yourself to this world. But I said you should keep yourself what, loosely attached. Please read Hebrew 11 13. They all died in faith. Okay. Yes. They are persuaded and they embrace it. The reason why you must be loosely attached to this one is because you are pilgrim and strangers. It is not your permanent abode. It is not. Listen, I, right from the time uh, 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 is not Sel-Dion, the woman that sang this song, um, said that she dedicated her song to to Satan. In fact, her song I rejected it. like rejected. And there's another lady again who calls herself the goddess of Africa. The Facebook, page. Okay. Last Sunday, we started with a topic that says the law. quickly talk about love and that love is the opposite of hate and that in the scripture God specifically told us what we should love and what we should not love. And we remember that I mentioned that the scripture specifically told us that the way the world will identify us as Christians or as disciples of Christ is when we love ourselves. For there is a love that God hates, and that is what we call the love of the world. And last week, we started by telling us that there are four reasons why Christians should not love the world. Two, we mentioned last week, one of one of it was that Christians should not love the world because of what the, the world is. And number two, that Christian, Christians should not love the world because of what the world does to us. And uh, he try to tell us that the world is filled with lust. We have the lust of the flesh, we have the lust of the eyes, and we have the pride. Life and that anybody who loves the world will perish with the world. Now, told us some signals, some signposts to show that the Christian has started to love the world. Praise the Lord. Today, we want to continue uh, in that message and so. We are starting in number three, of the reason why Christians should not love the world. I want us to open our Bible to the book of 1 John chapter two. I'd like somebody to read from verse 12 to 14. 1 John chapter two, from verse 12 to 14. Can we get a very uh, good reader who will read it? Loud and clear. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. should not love the world is because of what a Christian is. What a Christian is. In that scripture where we just read, we saw three different categories of or three levels of the children of God. The first one there said little children. Little children. Now, the little word little children there, refers to all believers. It refers to all believers, every one of us. It literally means born ones, those who are born into the family of God. Just like when we say all the children of God, all the children of God. So that's what it means. All Christians have been born into God's family through faith in Jesus Christ. And so their sin has been forgiven. And that's why that scripture says, I write to you little children, for your sin is what is forgiven. The moment we give our life to Jesus, the moment we believe in the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, our sins are forgiven and so we are saved. And so we become the children of God. So he's writing this letter To all the children of God. So this letter is to every child of God. I write to you little children. The children of God. The very fact that one is in God's family. Sharing God's nature. ought to discourage us. From becoming friendly with the world. Because we share the nature of God. God hates sin. God love the people, God loved men, for God hates sin. And so the moment we give our life to Jesus, we become one with God. I told us in one of the messages, we become one with the Lord. And so we carry the nature of God, the divine nature of God resides in us. And because we carry the nature of God, in the nature of God, God cannot live with sin. So it should be natural for a child of God to hate sin because this, the, word, the scripture says the world lies in wickedness. There is no way a child of God can become the friend of the world. You cannot share the nature of God and love the world. In the book of James chapter 4, verse 4, It is clearly written there that to be friendly with the world is treachery. Because he said, a friend with the world is what? Is enmity with God. When you become the friend of the world, you become the enemy of God. And so there is no way a child of God can be an enemy of God. So the two does not go together. So, when the scripture says, love not the world, all the things that are in the world, if you are a genuine child of God, you cannot have love for the world. And I remember I told us the three different meaning of the world last week. And the world we are told to hate, I told us that last week in the message as well. But something else is true, we begin as little children, we are born into the family of God, but only as Christians or only as we start to grow that we must not remain as children, we must have to grow and it is only when we begin to grow spiritually that we will be able to overcome the world. until we grow now it just does take it naturally a a little child that refused to grow there are a lot of things that will be happening to that child there are a lot of things that he he won't be able to do so many things and if the child of his own age is growing for example if they give back to children a year ago and one of them refused to grow from a baby and the other one is growing, you discover that number one, the exposure, the experience of the one that is growing will be different from the one that refused to grow. As a matter of fact, the food that we eat will be different. The the rate at which the world will relate with the one that is growing will be different from the one that is not growing. And what the one that is growing it will be able to do or to achieve, the one that is not growing will not be able to do nor achieve it. So it's a detriment to the one that is not growing. So God is expecting us as children of, of of children to grow. So when we begin to grow, we overcome the world, so it is important for us to grow. Now, let's keep that aside. We will be coming back to that later. The second letter was addressed to the fathers. The second letter, I said, I write to you fathers. Who are the fathers? Obviously, the fathers that he's talking about here are the matured ones. they already grown up. Those who are able to break the bones. Those who by exercise, they have already used the word of God. They have experienced the word of God. They have come to a point where they know God and God knows them. It's like a song. I know God. I know God. I know God. And God. To me, it is not everybody that know mm-hmm. God that God actually know Because the scripture clearly told us that on the day of judgment he will say, I do not know you, you walk out of iniquity. But the fathers here, they know God. How do they know God? Mm-hmm. By intimate personal knowledge, intimate personal knowledge. I P K intimate personal knowledge so there is intimacy there is a personal knowledge i have said this once before in the church that it is not possible for a person to know god in the church so if you are a good church goer the one in which the only time you open your Bible is on Sunday or on Tuesday when you go to church. And immediately you leave the church, you don't read your Bible, you don't study your Bible anymore, and you think you are a Christian. You are deceiving yourself, you are not going, and you cannot know God. You cannot overcome the world. It takes personal effort to know God. In the church, what the church can only help to do is to introduce you to the way in which you can get closer to God just the way i am doing right now but when you get back home you have to take pain to open the scripture by yourself and begin to read and to study it you have to cultivate the habit of talking to God in your closet personally, these are the way to do them. And everything that is being revealed to you, either in the church or in your personal study of the Word of God, you must begin to take steps to put them into practice. This is the way you grow. This is the way you get into intimacy with God. And so. These ones called fathers, they have come to that point. They know God, they know the danger of the world. No Christian who had experienced the joy and wonders of fellowship with God and of service for God, we want to live on the substitute pleasure the world offers. Because, like I told us in the point two. Of why Christians cannot love the world. You see, the world, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life, all those things are the things that attract us. Those are the things that invite us to the world. You know, somebody said, ah, I must be rich in this world. Ah, I must, I must buy this car. Ah, I must I must do this, I must build this house, I must do there is no must in doing anything in the world. Anything that you will achieve in the world, it is only by the grace of God. It is only what God permits that you can achieve. If God does not permit it, you can achieve it. And if you want to do it by force, you rather go to the devil and enter into covenant with him. Just recently we had in the radio where a man who wanted to become rich by force, probably wherever he went, and and, and he, he did money for charm for money, and, and they asked him to to eat feces up and down. What 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 a ridiculous, what a disgrace. I, I was thinking over it and 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 I I saw how the devil was humiliating. A man who is created in the image of God. A man who has everything that he wanted. God has given him everything. But because of his ignorance of the knowledge of God, he went begging the devil for peanuts. And the devil is humiliating, asking him to go and eat feces. And he went around looking for feces to eat because he wanted to be rich. Why? Because he does not know what belongs to. See, the world, there are a lot of things in the world that will be beckoning on us, that will be calling us, come, 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 come. But we must not allow this thing to to draw us away. Number three, he also wrote to a set of people he called the young men. He called them the young men. The young men are the conquerors. They have overcome the wicked one, who is Satan who is the prince of this world system. How did they overcome him? Through the word of God. If we read that scripture, it said, ye are overcome. How did they overcome? Scripture? Through the word of God. Listen to me. The word of God is the only weapon with which we can overcome the devil. I will say it again. The word of God is the only weapon We have seen that several, several times in the scripture. When the devil came to Jesus Christ to tempt him, just like he tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was through the word of God that Christ overcame. And in the book of Revelation, we were told that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, the word of their testimony. So we see... This young man that they make sure that they bury themselves into the Word of God. The scripture told us in the book of Colossians that, I believe it's the book of Colossians, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. It is for your own good. It is for your own good. You should open up your heart to the Word of God. You should. Make your heart a place where you treasure, you keep the word of God. Because the word of God is life, the word of God, the word of God is powerful. It's a living word. That's the reason why this word of God is different from every other book that is ever written. It's a living word, a living word. And that is why it is always new every day because it updates itself not every day. The Word of God does not operate, itself or update itself every day. It updates itself per second by second. If you read this Word of God, you read the scripture now. If you read it another minute, it tells you something else. Read it another minute, you catch another revelation. Read it another minute, it gives you another meaning. And no wonder the scripture told us that the elders, the 24 elders in heaven, When they sat before the throne of God, you see, he said they will put down their crown and they will bow down to God and they will worship God. And when they lift up their head again, they put on the crown and he said they will put it down again another minute, they will bow down their head. And I begin to wonder, this must be boring. This must be tiresome until I caught a revelation that it is in fact an exciting thing for these 24 elders to do. And I said, why? The reason is simple because the glory of God is changing from one second to another second. So when these elders they behold the glory of God and it amazes them and they put down their, their crown and they say they worship God because of the glory that was revealed to them. Immediately lift up their heads to put on their crown. What do they see? They see another glory. And because they see another glory, they put that crown down again, they worship God. They lift up their head again, they want the to put it on, they see another glory, and they have been doing that from eternity past, and they continue to do that from eternity. And every second the glory of God never remains the same. Praise God. And that is what the Word of God is. When you look into the Word of God, the Word of God is never stale. The Word of God is never stale. The Word of God is never boring. It's not a sleeping tablet. When you feel like you are sleeping, you, 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 you want to sleep, you pick the Word of God. And before, if you do that, it's because you don't have fire, it. Exactly. The word of God is ever new on a daily basis. You cannot read the word of God. As a matter of fact, if you pick the word of God, you are seated. If you really, really, God is revealing things to you, cannot sit down for long. You will stand up. And if you are standing, you will jump. Because the word of God will be bubbling inside of you. It will be rubbing everything inside of you. That's the word of God. He said you overcome him." by the word why because the word of God is inside of you the young men are not fully mature but they are maturing for they use the word of God effectively they use the word of God effectively somebody read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 to me Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 what did it say Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 with good will, doing service Mm. and not to men, praise God. 17, I mean to say 17. And take the helmet of salvation and and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. The word of God is a sword, is a sword, is a sword, is a sword, two-edged sword. You see? You see, the helmet, the salvation is our helmet. But the sword is the word of God. And what did you use the sword to do? You can use the sword to cut him. You know, when Apostle Paul was actually describing this, he was he was looking, picturing the, the, the Roman soldier, how they dressed. Because he's talking telling us to put on the armor. But when you put all the whole armor and you don't have a sword in your hand and you are going to battlefield, it is true you can use shield to to protect yourself. And what is our shield? Faith. You can use it to protect yourself from all the darts that is flying. But when you continue to defend and def- defend and defend and you are not uh, uh, being offensive. If you come to a point, you become tired. But when you defend, you attack. And what do you use to attack? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. And you begin to drive the enemy back. You begin to drive them back. And you are, as you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. As you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. As you are driving them back, you are claiming your territory. It's the word of God. Now, there is another little children in verse 13. Please read for us. First John 2, 13. 1 John 2, 13. Yes. I write unto you. I write unto you. Father. Fathers. Year, I'm not I'm yes. I write unto you. Now, yes. Year, Go ahead. I write unto you now, I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. Now, listen to me. The little children that have known the Father, they are different from the little children in verse 12. How did I know? The Greek. The Greek translation did not give us the same word for the little children up there and the little children here. So, the little children up there, like I told us the other time, they are... Children of God, generally. He refers to every child of God as little children. But here is a specific. He's talking about the nephews, the little children, the little babies, the little babies. You see, that's what he's talking about. The immature one, the one that are still under authority of their teachers, that are still under tutors. You find that in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Now, these are young Christians who have not yet grown up in Christ. You know, just like physical children. They know their father, but they still have some growing to do. They still have some growing to do. They are not grown. Praise the Lord. These are the babies. And said are the what he's writing to. I write to you because I know you know the Father, but you need to grow. You need to develop. Please read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11. 1 Corinthians 3:11. Mhm. 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, when I, I spake as, as a child. I understood as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. I as a child. I put away. You see, sometimes these little children, you hear somebody will say. I pray to God and I say, Oh God, I want to go out to if you really, really love me, let this rain not fall. And rain will not fall, and we go out. The Lord outside you got still a little child. And God knows that it's, it's behaving like a little child. But we come to a point, you will say things like that, and God will not listen to you. In fact, we have power here? Praise God. Now when you are a child, you behave and you do things like little children. But it comes to a point, you have outgrown that stage. And there are a lot of things that little children will, will actually, the way they will behave. Little children always ask, "Give me, gimme, 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 gimme. gimme. But they come to a point when you have, have grow the point of giving, giving, Lord give me this, Lord give me this, Lord give me. A lot of us, even as adults, so to say, we are adult physically, but we are not adult in faith. We still do this, give me, give me, give me, give me things. But when we grow up, it is no longer about giving. It is about giving me, it's about service. Just, just take for example, you as children, there was a time that everything will be done for you, but it has come to a point. You told you have gone to a point now that you are serving back. That's maturity, and that's what God expects every one of us to do. You see, you are not waiting that ah, hey, daddy should do this, mommy should do this. You are doing you yourself. You are contributing. You are making efforts. That's maturity. Now, in summary, I said, a Christian stays away from the world. One, because of what the world is, I said it's a satanic system that hates and opposes Christ. That's number one. Number two, because of what the world does to us, they attract us to live on sinful substitutes. Number three, I said, because of what we are as Christians, we are children of God. So the last one, which is number four, said we must stay away from the or hate the world because of where the world is going. Because of where the world is going. Verse 17. First John 2, verse 17. Because of where the world is going. Where is the world going? And the world. Passeth away, and the loss thereof will abide forever. Praise the Lord. Listen, children. Listen, family. Listen, church. This world is not a permanent place. I was showing to mommy the other time. Sorry. I, I, I show on Facebook the house that Aneni built. Tony Aneni, maybe some of us may know Tony Aneni. He used to be the chairman of APC uh, during the time of Buhari, Foster, you know, and so on. He was long handed over to, to Molly. He's dead now. If you see that gigantic building, that he built, and they wrote it there that. What is the essence of this building and this buying and this accumulating? That? And Tony and built build this house. But six months after he moved into that house, they died. Just six months, one, two, three, four, five, six, after he finished building that house, he moved into it. They it. And he left it. Now they wanted to sell it. Not that they really inherited it, they want to sell so what is it about this life? Life is a temporal place. It's not a permanent place. Why killing yourself? Why did you want to become the enemy of God? Why are you pursuing things that you can never... Everything in this world is just an air. Grafting of air. We want to amass it. We want to have everything. Well, What is his name now? The, uh, I, I can't get his name, he's the richest man in the world. He said he has about seventy some, something trillion naira. the uh, big gate is the second, they are centrillions. Then I, I said uh, Bezos are beginning to look at. Him. And so we play him income. After that, what next? He cannot own the world. He's a trillionaire, so what? If there's no God in all these things, it's vanity. They will not be the first to be the richest in the world. They are not the second, and they are not going to be the last. People in the past have been the richest in the world. They have come and they have done God. They died. Some of us don't even know them. We don't even know their name. We don't even know if they existed. And so all these people, too, they will die. Some generation will come, they will not even hear their name. They will not even hear Bill Gates. They will not even hear Bezos. They will hear them. They are gone. The world is passing away. But there is something that can never pass. And that is what has to do with the will of God. And that's where I am concluding the message of Today. That he who does the will of God will abide forever. Will abide forever. So it is important for every one of us to know what the will of God is. As a mother of God, God desires that every one of us, we should know his will. We are to keep ourselves loosely attached to this world. Hebrews 11 13. Listen, I want you to quote what I just said. I am not saying that you should not attach yourself to this world. But I said you should keep yourself what? Loosely attached. Please read Hebrew 11, 13. They all died in faith. Okay. Yes. They are persuaded. And they embrace it. The reason why you must be loosely attached to this one is because you are pilgrims and strangers. It is not your permanent abode. It is not. Listen, I, right from the time uh, 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 Saldion, not Sel-Dion, the woman that sang this song. Said that she dedicated her song to to Satan. In fact, her song and rejected And there is another lady again who call herself the goddess of Africa.